This is Ashley Kelch, and you are listening to Life Coaching for Modern Renegades, episode number 69. Welcome to Modern Renegades Podcast. This is a life coaching podcast for the person who wants to learn how to lose themselves in the moment, not life circumstances. Each week, we will explore mental and spiritual practices that will inspire you to ask, seek, and heal. They are for the modern renegade. They are for you. Hey, renegades. Happy Saturday. I am not recording from my usual spot, which is, by the way, if I've never told you, it's in my closet. So if today's sound sounds a little off, I apologize. However, I'm in the, as you know, B minus work. I'm not here to make things perfect, hence the closet. Maybe you imagined I had like this really fancy studio, but nope, it's me in there on the floor every week recording to you. And I tell you this because I want to encourage you, any of you who are thinking about doing anything, quit waiting for perfect. It will never be perfect. I was having dinner with my lover recently, and he asked me, albeit jokingly, are you out of your mind? And I said, I hope so, because this motherfucker has a way of thinking it knows all the things when it actually has no idea. And the more out of my thinking I am, out of my mind, the better off we all are. I've been thinking a lot about how our brain will take in information based on what it's seeing or hearing, and then make a bunch of assumptions or draw conclusions based on very little fact And we feel so fucking right with what we think we know. Unfortunately, we don't. We rarely know until someone tells us, and even then our brain has this other unique ability to take what it's hearing, make it about us, which might be one of my favorite things is to watch that play it on my mind. Someone is sharing their experience, and if I'm not truly listening, my brain will start making it about me. It's like I have a side reel playing out. This just happened where my friend was telling me that she'd met someone and has never been happier. Those words landed on my brain, and I watched as it offered thoughts like, oh, they've met someone and never been happier? I want to experience never been happier. When's the last time we had that? Suddenly, this sad little victim, why not me feeling, overcame my body, and I caught myself quickly. And I was like, bitch, first of all, This isn't about you. And even if it were, we are happy. Literally, now we are experiencing never been happier. Now, keep it down. I'm trying to listen to someone else. This, Renegades, happened in a matter of seconds. Now, we want to consider that this is happening all day long. The tens of thousands of thoughts that we're thinking, we are taking in information and interpreting it based on how the brain has decided you want to see yourself in this world, how you've been programmed to, your identity that has been created by a lifetime of subliminal messaging, constructs made up by a group of people we call society, combined with our brain's hardwiring to look for the good and bad, right for wrong, to identify with, to keep us safe from, fill in the blank. Your brain is just filtering out all sorts of information based on that, your filters, in seconds. You think, my intuition just told me, I had a feeling about them. No renegades, you had about 600 thoughts in a few seconds that informed you. You're just not aware of them. Our brain has us running on autopilot to save energy and be efficient. And the more we can filter, the faster, the less time we think, 
We will spend worrying about it. But we all know that's what we're doing. Worrying, ruminating, making up stories. These brains are little bitches, I tell you. If you've ever been on a date or maybe in bed with your lover and they open up their phone, what do you do? Perhaps a little side eye? Get a quick glance of who's been texting? Who was that in this photo? Your brain immediately offers. He still has a picture of them together. He must have really loved her. I wonder if he still looks at her and thinks of her the same. Maybe I'm okay with it. He is the person he is today because of the women before me. I wonder if they still text. When did he see her last? Whoa. Hold up. How do you know this is someone he's dated? What if it's a friend? Maybe it's his cousin. I do love this game, catching the brain in action. During the freeze a couple months ago, my lover, my best friend, and I decided we were going to help my lover's friend out. She has a restaurant. We saw it as an opportunity to get food to those who were unable to source anything since nothing was open and this restaurant had power. My son came along. We volunteered to cook. So there I am, flipping burgers, frying french fries, having the time of my life. Super fun, but it was work. There were nonstop people coming in, you can imagine, and it was stressful. One burger after the next. Oh, I noticed outside of the kitchen, my lover was sitting in a booth across from a woman. A woman who immediately I decided was young and beautiful. And I was like, huh, okay. And I thought, well, isn't that nice? I'm over here slaving away, cooking at your friend's restaurant, and you're just casually sipping wine with some beautiful blonde. And wait, are y'all fucking playing cards? I felt my body tense, which is when I caught myself, took a breath, told myself I made a choice to be in the kitchen. He made a choice to, well, apparently entertain the customers coming in. I went back to work, tried to focus on my task at hand. But my brain was like, what the actual fuck? I'm cooking for his friend. He's just sitting in there having the time of his life. Take a deep breath. He gets to do what he wants. I chose to cook. Later that day, the woman I was cooking for came up to me and said, isn't your man the sweetest? And I was like, ah, yeah. And she said, that's my daughter over there. And then she gives me the story about the daughter's ex-husband, who makes it difficult for her to see the kids after the week off because of COVID and demands that she gets tested, which during the freeze, you can imagine getting anything from anyone anywhere was literally impossible. And it just so happened that my lover had some antibody tests and he was helping her use that so that she could go see her kids. You can imagine how ridiculous I felt in my own isolated experience that wasn't shared with anyone but me in my mind. And it's just, to me, equal parts amazing and dangerous how our brains work. This is why texting and messaging is such a fucker. Talk about lost in translation. People text words, and then we make it mean all kinds of shit. She says, I still want my date on your motorcycle. He responds, what about this weather? This hail is crazy, isn't it? Her brain says, why is he avoiding me? What is his problem? He won't make any plans. This is so annoying. Well, wait a minute. Is it hailing? Yeah. How about this weather? What are you making his words mean? And I wonder what he's making your words mean. This thinking will not only be endless, if not disrupted, but 
uncomfortable. It's constant drama when the brain is uncapped. A nonstop episode of housewives on vacation, falling in the bushes, naked, wasted kind of drama. So what do we do? How do we tame the brain? Intercept the script and rewrite the role we are playing out. Well, we want to drop the illusions, renegades. You're going to have to talk back to your brain. And I have these three little words that I've been using on everything and everyone and my clients. Is that so? Is that so? Tell me more. I've been working with a client who's been struggling to let go of someone who ended it with her a few months ago. And each week she talks about how he doesn't care. If he did, he would do this. Is that so? Are there any other possibilities? Another client who's convinced she doesn't know how to date. It never works out. I must be doing something wrong. Is that so? What are some other options you could choose to think? That you might meet the love of your life next week? How upset are you going to be about this guy ghosting you then? Sometimes we think the worst moments in our life are just that, and we never consider that on the other side of what is happening is taking us exactly where we're supposed to be going. We hold on and argue with the disappointment and let down and the nose and obsess over how it will never be. This always happens. Nothing ever works out. If they cared about me, they would. I don't know how to do this. Is that so? We are driving with the brakes on, and God, does that feel horrible in the body. We don't think that this relationship ending could be the best fucking thing that has ever happened for us. It isn't until later when things play out and we have a whole new perspective and our brain has made some sense of what we think. Oh, now I wouldn't change a thing. I want to offer that this thinking is optional and that our brain is just used to thinking in drama. It's a habit and a distraction. When I first started dating consciously, I was like, so this is it? Hmm. No drama. Now what? What am I supposed to be doing if I'm not thinking about and texting all day and not getting excited or disappointed when they make or break plans? Like, where's the fun in that? What do I do? Am I supposed to feel nothing? That sounds boring. The brain hates boring. Not to mention that we've grown up watching movies and listening to songs about love and what that's supposed to look like. The chase, that I can't take him back. When will I hear from them? Who are they talking to? If it doesn't have this emotional pull, it mustn't be the real thing. Your brain is basically wetting its pants over these highs and lows and the rides it goes on. You're never fucking bored here and in a constant state of dopamine, desire, cortisol, adrenaline, what have you. And there's the good chemicals also. We've been programmed to think this is how dating is supposed to be. And it's what the brain wants it to be. But I can assure you, it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be this thrilling ride of desire and passion. It's certainly something to do to fill your time, but on the other side of that is a much more stable ride that doesn't take you out of yourself or your life. When you first start practicing this sort of awareness, you might think, my thoughts are horrible. This is embarrassing and wrong. I don't want you to buy into any of that. I want you to imagine your brain as an illustration, if you will, like a little cartoon. Mine when I think of it, she has these little tiny legs and some sexy pumps on, and she wears super big glasses, and she has a cocktail in her hand, basically a martini glass. She's always sitting in the corner talking shit to me, about me, about you, the world. You get the idea. When I see her like this, I can't help but laugh at what a bitch she is, but I know why. She wants to keep me safe. 
She thinks she knows what's up, and to her credit, she has style but zero grace. She thinks in default and on repeat. I watch her do it, thank her for her opinions, and then I decide what I want to think. This illusion that is being created and seen is not real. Byron Katie says that most of what we are thinking is delusional, so why not pick the story that feels best for you? Why do we run with the ones that hurt us and separate us from others? Because we aren't thinking consciously, plain and simple. It's your unintentional thinking. It's you running on autopilot. The good news is, because I always have good news, is that you have a choice in what you think. We call this intentional thinking. You can decide how you want to see the world in front of you. I've been reading a book called Awareness by Anthony DeMello, and it's about, yes, that's right, awareness of your thinking thoughts. This book is definitely not for everyone. He's very direct and straight away tells you you're an ass, I'm an ass, everyone's an ass, that none of us has any idea what the fuck is up. But after a few chapters, he dives in and he says, what you are aware of, you are in control of. What you are not aware of is in control of you. You are always a slave to what you're not aware of. When you're aware of it, you're free from it. It's there, but you're not affected by it. You're not controlled by it. You're not enslaved by it. That's the difference. I know it doesn't sound like much renegades, but here's the thing. When you're running on autopilot and letting your brain spin reels of drama out for you, your body is in a reactionary state, meaning your emotions are releasing with each thought, a chemical drip vibrating through your body, and your behavior is reacting from that. This is why we feel so exhausted at the end of the day. Our mind is just spinning thousands of thoughts that we're unaware of, and we're using a lot of energy to try and solve for them. This also explains why you think you can't control how you feel about any given situation and that your emotions are out of control. It's all being compounded. But once you start to gain awareness here of what's happening in your body, you can actually start to clue in a lot faster to what you're thinking and fact check that brain of yours, interrogate and deconstruct the fuck out of what it's telling you. See the thought or feeling you were having. Watch the story and don't make it mean anything. Endlessly asking questions like, is that so? What are some other options? Do you see any other possibilities here? Would the world agree this is what is happening? See how you might want to hold on to that story and stay in the drama. Nothing has gone wrong here. Do not judge it. Who would I be without the story? And your weekly reminder, kindness, love, caring, compassion, Usually when I start working with a client, they'll say, I see what you're saying and I agree, but they want to hold on to the story even though they understand it's causing them to feel pain and do things that they don't feel good about. At first, you don't feel like the thinking is optional. It feels real to who you are and letting go of it would be like letting go of your identity. But listen, you get to choose and when you're ready, the other thoughts and stories are available just practice believing and thinking that way. Create the intentional story and practice, and then stick with this one intentional thought or question, is that so? That will keep you mindful of checking your brain's story versus reality. It won't take long before you start to see just how creative your brain is and how terrible it can make you feel. Okay, Renegades, you've got this. The next time someone texts and you start to make his words mean something, what are you going to say? Is that so i'll talk to you next week hey renegades if you're finding the tools and concepts i'm sharing each week about your brain on dating 
you won't want to miss out on working with me one-on-one. I've just launched my program, Wake Up Before Another Breakup, and in just eight weeks, you won't question if you can trust yourself to date or why you can't find the one. Head on over to modernrenegades.com forward slash programs to learn more about it and how you can work with me. Let's learn how to lose ourselves in the moment, not the man.